tell you why I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning. This week, I was running, I was listening to a, to a sermon, and I was convicted because I've been sinning. I've been sinning with my phone, and I have been stealing from you as a congregation and not honoring God by wasting time on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and it's a legitimate sin, and it's a legitimate way that I have been stealing from you, and I want to confess that to you uh, this morning, that I am not qualified to preach because of my obedience to Jesus this week. Uh, when I sing that song, I think about that moment of conviction on that run this week, and I think about the, the only reason I'm able to come up here and preach and stand before you is because of the blood of Jesus. It's not because I'm better than anybody. It's not because I am more righteous than you externally or anything like that. It's based on, on the blood of Christ and the blood of Christ alone. So when I sing that song, I'm thankful. And I confess that to you and I ask for your forgiveness and also ask you to hold me accountable because I have deleted Facebook and Twitter off of my phone. Um, and, uh, and I encourage you to ask, hey, Jared, how's that going? You know, how's that going? Are you wasting time on the internet? Are you wasting time on your phone? Um, I, I don't think I'm alone on that, um, but if I am, it's my sin to confess, and thankfully, because of the blood of Christ, I'm forgiven. Um, mothers, glad you're here. We've, we've stated it, but uh, we're going to give you, by God's grace, we've already sung about it, we're going to give you the gospel this morning, and we want to invite you into rest. There's nothing for you to do here except rest this morning. Just rest. Just enjoy the gospel of Jesus. Enjoy hearing from God's Word. God's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to us this morning. Just enter into rest. I love that Hebrews says, strive to enter into rest. We're working to get to the place of rest over and over again. Isn't it work to get to a place of rest? Fortunately, Jesus has done this for us, and so now the invitation is, do whatever you can, fight through anything to get to the point of rest where you recognize that Jesus has done it all, and you can just rest. Even in your work, if we can work from a place of rest, that I'm not working to earn, I'm not working to prove, I'm not working to try to gain my reputation, I'm not working to try to do any of that, I'm working from a place of the finished work of Jesus. There's just rest. There's rest here this morning. So I want you to enjoy that. Moms, you need some rest? <laughs> yes. Moms, you need some rest? Okay, welcome. Rest. Just hear, hear God speak this morning. Let the Holy Spirit work in your heart this morning. Let's pray that that happens. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to pray one more time and ask the Holy Spirit to work. And uh, we're going to talk about, uh, again, unity, the path forward into unity. Last week we talked about Christian unity uh, out of Ephesians chapter 4. This week we're going to talk about the path forward into that. Uh, we're going to see that unity does not necessarily mean uniformity. Okay, But before we get there, let's just pray and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to do what He does. Father God, I just ask for that. I pray this morning through the power of the Holy Spirit that you would father us well. And you'd point us, by your grace, again, to the work of Jesus. The, the work of Christ on the cross, screaming, It is finished. It is finished. Enter into rest. Take my yoke upon you. My uh, yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come and find rest. And I pray this morning we would find rest. That we would just enjoy your presence. Uh, we as your people would be encouraged by the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for purchasing a bride and then thank you for going above and beyond just saving us. Thank you for gifting your bride with gifts so that we would be healthy. We're going to see that this morning. You've done so much more than just ransom a bride. You've gifted us on top of that. You've given us good things to enjoy, to encourage each other with, to build the body of Christ up in unity. So I pray that that would happen here this morning. Holy Spirit, just work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you would, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 7 through 16. 
And if you would, if you don't have a Bible, you can turn in the Pew Bible there. And if uh, somebody would look in the Pew Bible and tell me what page that's on. Actually, let me do that for you real quick. You can get, what is it? 675, 675 page 675. So there's a Pew Bible somewhere if you don't have one. Um, you can go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter 4, the title of the sermon is The Path Forward, or The Path Toward Unity. Okay? Um, but first, I want to talk about unity and diversity in the body of Christ. Uh, what I love about the body of Christ is that we're a diversified people. We're not uh, simply a uniform, uni- uniformed people. We have unity, Christian unity. Me and Kathy are unified by the blood of Jesus, but we're not the same. We're not, we're not the exact same. We look different. Praise God, Kathy's way prettier than I am. Uh, she's very gifted with playing the piano, the keys, supernaturally gifted in a way she gives that to the body of Christ to be edified and encouraged. I don't play the piano and I don't sing. I, I mean, I sing, but I don't sing. Right? Anybody else? Any singers who don't sing out there? Okay, Carol. Um, she raised her hand, so she, out, she outed herself. I didn't call her out. She outed herself. Um, but I love that the Holy Spirit gifts the body of Christ so we're, we're not walking around here like Stepford Wives. You know, the movie that came out several years ago where we all talk the same, think the same, walk the same, answer everything, everything the same, do the exact same things in the body of Christ. If everybody says they're an arm, okay, I'm an arm, I'm a body, we're all an arm, well, that you get a problem, right? So, I mean, if everybody's an arm, you, you know, then... You can't walk, think, do anything else. So God gives a diversified group of people uh, from across the globe and then even locally into a local congregation. He gives, a, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gifts gifts to men and women and uh, young children as well, Christians, to help edify the body. So we're unified, and that's better than just simply uniformity. Okay, So we have this great unity around, last week we talked about, we have great unity and understanding of who God is. We have unity around God, we have unity around the gospel of Jesus, and we have unity around the scriptures. Okay, So we have these great pieces of unity, but then also the Holy Spirit gives us gifts so we can be unified, but in a diversified way. Does that make sense? Anybody glad in here that God uses you in the particular way that He uses you and gifts you in the particular way He gifts and uses you, and, and it's not the same as everybody else? I think that's a, that's a privilege. That's an extra measure of grace that God gives. That it's not just, hey, you're a Christian and you're just like everybody else, but God has a unique way that He uses you in the body of Christ. That's a privilege. Praise God for that. And I'm thankful for that. And I hope you are as well. I think it's a great thing to begin to explore. What are, the, what are the supernatural ways that God is calling me to be a part of this body? And I know we have a lot of visitors from other churches here as well today. And uh, what, what does God have for you to play? Uh, what's your part to play in that body of Christ? You know what? Um, I, I forgot something in my prayer. I have a prayer card here. And I was going to pray for some churches. Uh, Jeff, or is there a? Yeah, right there. Okay, you know what? We're going to stop and we're going to pray because I forgot to pray and we're a family, so if I screw up in a sermon and forget to pray, we can just, it's okay, it's not a big deal. So we're just going to pray. Here's what I'm going to pray for this morning. I wanted to pray for Mason, Mason and Bree and Anora. They're, they're part of our family, but uh, Anora's got a cold this morning. She's maybe two months old now. Is that what Anora is? About a month and a half old. She's got a cold. And Bree is feeling under the weather as well, so we're going to pray for both of them. And then uh, there's... Three church, two church, three churches I wanted to pray for. Four churches I wanted to pray for this morning. Uh, Gospel Community Church in Owensboro. Uh, they are the church that I've talked about a couple times. Uh, they're a church for uh, the hard of hearing. 
And so they're doing a fantastic job in Owensboro, Kentucky. And we just want to lift them up this morning. And Pleasant Valley Community Church is another church that's a friend of ours, some friends of ours. We prayed as a church. I, I put it online a couple weeks ago. Uh, their executive pastor was, uh, you know, actually was, it was fatally ill in the hospital. And we prayed for them, and he made a rec- recovery. But I want to pray for Pleasant Valley Community Church. And then in town, I want to pray for this morning for Murdale and for Lakeland. Murdale is uh, Baptist Church east of town, west of town, and... Lakeland is east of town. So, anyways, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, uh, thank you again that uh, just like even even in the, the sermon, unified, not uniform, we don't have to have every, everything squeaky clean even, and that's okay. So I just thank you that we can just come before you as a family and just pray. And I lift up a part of our family, Mason and Bree and Honora, and I just ask that you would bring Honora quickly back to health. You know, as a young mother and a father, uh, even being on Mother's Day, it's just it's hard seeing your, your son or daughter under the weather. And so I just ask that she would come back to health well, uh, quickly, that you would heal her body. And then for Bree as well, that you give her energy today and that this would be a really enjoyable Mother's Day, that you would heal her body as well and that you would give Mason strength to just encourage her and, and help with Honora as well. And uh, then, Father, I lift up Gospel Community Church, and I thank you for Danny Hinton and the work he's doing there uh, to a group that's largely underreached uh, in the deaf community of the United States and across the world. And I just ask this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would work in power through the signed word being preached. God, that you would just work there in power. Then I lift up Pleasant Valley. I thank you for my friend Jameis, and I just ask there as well, God, that you'd bring revival. Just fan the flame of the Holy Spirit's work. Holy Spirit, come and just fan the flame of what you're already beginning there, that, that, that they would catch fire and that lives would be changed by the power of the gospel. Uh, Jesus, that you would just work there in a profound and mighty way. And then, God, our brothers and sisters at Murdale and Lakeland, I thank you that we uh, are a part of a diversified body even within Carbondale and that your church is broader than this little gathering here right here this morning. And I thank you, God, that we get to celebrate your work there. God, I just ask that you would break forth revival in this city, even this morning, through the work and ministry of things that are happening in those churches. Just help. This city needs you, just like any and every city. God, I pray that brokenness would be restored. I pray that sinners would be forgiven. I pray that your enemies would be made your friends. And God, that you would do that already this morning within the ministry of Murdale and Lakeland. And Holy Spirit, continue to do your work here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now, back to the sermon. Okay, so the Holy Spirit gifts the body of Christ, and each person plays a part, just like in basketball, football. If you're not into sports, just bear with this. Uh, if, if you play basketball and just want to score and shoot threes, like what I always used to do, about, that's about it. Uh, didn't play much defense, just shot all the time. And, uh, but if you don't play defense, if you don't rebound, okay, it goes bad for you. If in football, special teams, Taylor, special teams are important, undervalued. Uh, if you have good special teams play, uh, you can, and, and uh, Todd, you can tell if, how important are special teams. How, it comes down to the end of the game a lot of times, three points, four points, five points. And if special teams play well, sometimes they can get you those points. And in defense, <laughs> offensive line, nobody knows the play, offensive line of any team, but how important uh, Todd Taylor is the offensive line. It's really important. Okay, Nobody's wanting autographs of people on the offensive line. 
but it's important. Everybody plays a part, and it's vitally important. The Holy Spirit gives gifts uh, for the body of Christ to function in a healthy way. But this passage is going to go beyond that and say that Jesus actually gives gifts to his bride as well. That it's not just the Holy Spirit who gives gifts, that Jesus rescues and redeems a bride, a body. He comes and saves them, and then Jesus gifts them these extra measures of grace, gifts the body of Christ in such a way that those gifted in this unique way by Jesus are working in such a way that the body becomes as healthy as the body can, ha- can possibly become. Okay, So we're going to see that here in Ephesians chapter 4. So now look with me uh, in verse 6, starting in verse 7, excuse me, and we're going to read at first verses 7 through 12. So go ahead and look there with me and you can follow along. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led the host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean? that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, there's a lot of ascending and descending there, and there's a lot of ink that's been spilled over the years about these passages in particular, and what I want to do here this morning is say that there's some of this that I just simply don't understand, but there is some of this that I think that we can all clearly understand. And sometimes in the scriptures, there's levels of just understanding that you just don't have yet. The Holy Spirit hasn't helped you helped you understand that yet. And then later on, as you begin to study the scriptures, you begin to understand some things a little bit more. Um, but I'll just admit up front, I do not know all the ins and outs of this passage. But what, what, what I do know is there are some things very, very clear for us that we can see and understand. First, some of the things that I don't clearly understand in its fullest, uh, to its fullest point yet. For instance, when it says that Jesus ascended and he descended to the lower regions of the earth, there's a lot of ink that's been spilled about what that means. And I'll just simply say, I don't know. My best shot is it's just simply saying that Christ is ascended and descended, and now, as God the Father has declared to God the Son, uh, you have all authority in heaven and earth. Because he's ascended and descended, he has all authority in heaven and earth. Not partial authority, he has all authority. Jesus is king and lord in the heavenly places, and he's king and lord here in this room. He's king and he's lord, he's sovereign over all things in Carbondale. Even when it seems like things are chaotic, he's in charge in Williamson County, Jackson County, Williamson County, Southern Illinois, Illinois, the Midwest, United States of America, Canada, Mexico. That's about as far as my geology goes. The world. Okay? He ascended, descended. He's got all authority. That, that's my best shot here this morning. The second thing is, the, to the degree uh, in which apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, and whether or not shepherds and teachers is two gifts here to be applied or just one, there's elements about this passage that I'm not fully aware of yet. Is that safe to say in here? Is anybody else on some passages of the Bible, things that you didn't use to understand and God has given you a little bit greater clarity the older you've gotten? I think this is one of those passages for me that I'm going to get more and more clarity on this. But here's, what, here's some things that I now do know. Now that I've caveated that and said there's some things that I don't fully know, here's what I do know. Is that Jesus has saved us into the church. The Holy Spirit has given us gifts. But after Jesus purchased His bride, He has given 
in the form of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. He has given and graced us with gifted leaders for the church, gifted leaders for the church, for the building up of the church. And we'll see exactly what they're supposed to do here in a minute. Now, when I say gifted leaders, here's what I mean. There are some people who believe that when we see the words in verse 11, and you can look there with your eyes there and see, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, what Paul is alluding to there is he's saying that there are five different offices, offices or positions within the New Testament church. Here's what I mean by that. Who's ever heard the word pastor? Okay, pastor. Elder. Elders of church. Okay. Biblically, those are the exact same things, by the way. There's no di- a pastor, elder. All elders are pastors. All pastors are elders. Some have greater, or greater gifting, not greater, but giftings in unique ways to do certain things, and others don't have those giftings in the same way because there's a diversity within the shepherd, elder, overseers of the church. How about the word deacon? I heard the word deacon. Okay, Elders and deacons are the two offices within the church that the scriptures lay out qualifications for. So the scriptures in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and in Titus chapter 1 give the qualifications for the elder or the shepherd or the pastor. Okay, if you want to write, if you're taking down notes, you can read that yourself. 1 Timothy 3, Titus chapter 1. They give qualifications for an elder pastor. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 12, gives us kind of the overview of what shepherds do. What do shepherds do? What does a pastor do within the local church? What are they responsible for? Peter, an apostle, says, calls himself a fellow elder. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and a fellow elder among you, Peter says that he's an elder pastor as well. Then in 1 Timothy 3, we get qualifications for deacons. It's the only place we have qualifications for deacons in all the scriptures. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Here's what I firmly believe and I'm firmly set on, and we, this is the position of our church as well, and, uh, and I think most all Christians, majority of Christians have great agreement on this, generally, uh, is that elders and deacons are the office, office leaders of the church. And here's what I believe this passage then says out of, out of Ephesians chapter 4. Among the elders and deacons of the church... God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, and shepherds, and teachers among them. Okay, here's what I mean. That these giftings, and and I'm going to quickly define these, that these giftings, and and again, I'm growing in my understanding about this, but uh, for instance, a leader or an elder or pastor of a local church who has an apostolic gifting is, the word apostle means sent one. He's sent by God on a mission for a particular mission. There's 12 apostles in the New Testament, and there's no more apostles after that. Okay, Matthias filled in Judas' spot after Judas died. Paul would later call himself an apostle, untimely born. He's the least of all the apostles. But what we say is, what I think is, that God has gifted certain leaders within a local church to be the ones who forge ahead into new frontiers within a local church. Okay? They're apostolically gifted. They're sent by God with a particular task. So sometimes within the elder body, what you see is there is a type of leader within that elder body who's the one that's just, hey, I want to, we're taking the hill, we're moving forward, uh, God's called us to do this, we're going to trust that God does the work here. We're not trying to do work, God's work for him, we're just going to trust God's word and believe that God is going to do what God has said he's going to do. And that's what we're believing about our church, by the way, is that we have nothing fancy that we're trying to offer anybody. We're just saying, hey, you're sinners and you need Jesus. Come join us. It's really popular, isn't it? Right. Hey, here's the message. You're a mess. Okay? And we just want to tell you 
But we know the one who loves people who are in a mess. And so that's, that's the message. And we want to hold to that and believe that the, the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. Truly, preach. God does the work. Holy Spirit just does it. We don't have to be fancy about it or anything like that. Okay, so we're trusting that. And then, so some that have this apostolic gifting, then prophetic gifting, some uh, leaders within the local body that Jesus gifts his bride, these gifted leaders within the local body, uh, are able to recognize where the Holy Spirit is leading, that the Holy Spirit is doing something here in a, a very unique way, and we're able to communicate what we sense the Holy Spirit doing. And it's good for the body. It's good for us to understand and to begin to grow and learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I feel like an infant still in this. I'm learning what it means to be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I think we all are, there's, we're just different stages of growing. Of, is that me or is that not me? Or is that, where, is that the Holy Spirit? Is that discernment? Is that enemy attack? Is that trying to figure out that? So God gifts the bride with people who are sensitive to leaders that are sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Not only that, uh, evangelists, there are some people that God gifts and they just talk to somebody about Jesus and people are like, you know, I am a sinner and I just need Jesus. You're right. And somehow or another, the gospel, they're just gifted. God has gifted them to be gospel proclaimers and people seem to respond. And then shepherd teachers. God has given, and I love it is, it says in here, in shepherds and teachers, and I love that the Bible calls pastors shepherds because that's what we are. We're not shepherds for our own sake. This is, for me in particular, um, I want to see you grow. And I want to fight for you. And I want to be for you. I don't want you to just fulfill my purposes. Okay? I don't have some grand scheme that you need to fulfill for me. I want you to love Jesus. And I want to help you with that. And Andy wants you to help with that. And Russ wants to help. We want to serve you. To see everything that the Holy Spirit is doing you, everything that God is calling you to be, we want to see you flourish. This isn't about making a name for, again, I I said this multiple times, it's not about making a name for our church. I won't even say the name of our church. It's not about making a name for myself or for Andy. For true shepherd teachers, we we are existing for you to see God glorified in your life. To see you continue to grow into whatever you eat, drink, or do, do all for the glory of God. And this is a gift that Jesus is giving to his bride to raise up people. And by God's grace, I pray I never stumble forward. And again, I'm always going to be a man completely dependent upon, the, uh, dependent upon Jesus. But I pray that I never forget this. I'm a shepherd. Shepherd. That's what pastors are. There's not this expectation of you Pat me on the back all the time and, and, and love me and make me awesome and make sure everybody knows. We, we, we serve each other. And this is not something, by the way, that's isolated to shepherds. We are shepherding each other as well. We love on each other. There's a horizontal relationships we have here as the body of Christ. We serve one another. We want to see what's best for each other. We want to see God glorified in each other. We want to encourage each other with the good news of the gospel. It's just Christian living. Just Christianity 101. We're not in this for you to make us great. We're in this to see God work in you powerfully. And that hopefully is happening here in the body of Christ. So Jesus is so kind that he doesn't just save us, but he provides us. And I need this as well, because I'm not just saying my pastors right here, Andy Claude, Russ Creter, they're my pastors. Okay. And I need you as well, because you're my brothers and sisters in Christ who at any time can come and say, Jared, I think you're nearsighted on this. Okay, thank you. I want to be 
clearer. I want clearer vision. Help me to see better. I want to live a godly life. So those are my pastors right there. So it's not up on a high horse. No pastor here saying, yeah, we're in charge. We, I'm, the, I'm the shepherd. You know, that's, that's not the point. In fact, we see this because we can see in verse 7, look back at the very first verse that we read, verse 7, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Any gift that we receive, a gift of the Holy Spirit or a gift even of leadership in the local church, it is an extra measure of grace. You see what it said? But this grace was given to each one of us. This is the wonderful thing about grace. Grace is, there, it, grace is just this endless onion. You can just continue to peel and you just discover more and more things about it. We talked about it as being Narnia, the gospel of Jesus, which is synonymous with grace. We, we begin to explore more. We see more and more beauty, more and more color, more and more highs, and, and more and more you know, skylines to see just beauty. We just keep discovering more and more about it. And this is what we do. When we begin to walk in the Christian life and see that Jesus the Holy Spirit have gifted us with certain things. That's grace, friends. It's grace that, that God doesn't leave us alone. That He's not, I'll save you, and then it's deism. Get to work. We get grace that continues. So you know why I, I love that? Is that when I, however long God lets me live on this earth, I, I hope I get to live old, er, you know, 80s, 90s would be great. I don't know. Maybe when I'm, Maybe I'd, I don't know, but it would be great to live a long life. But you know what I believe about the scriptures and know to be true is that there's going to be grace for me when I get there. There's just, God's not just ending the grace that he's given me. It's, he's, he's not withheld. And he's continuing, uh, A.W. Tozer said, one of life's great paradox, the paradox of love, is that we can be satisfied with God or we can find God and still pursue him. We're found by Him. We find Him. And we still go after Him. He has not withheld. And yet there's more to get. These great paradoxes of the Christian faith. We still pursue the pursuer. There's more grace to receive. Continuing. So He gives gifts to men. Gives gifts, excuse me, gives gifts to the body of Christ. So there's a lot that I don't understand. But what I do understand is that Jesus graces us, gives the body of Christ, His bride, graced leaders. That's what He gives to His body. And it's a good, good thing. What do these graced leaders of the body of Christ do then? Verse 12, it says this, We are leaders within the church are to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. Two main things, and then it begins to unpack itself. Uh, first, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Hi, ministers! Hi! Hi, ministers! Hi there! Ministers! Mission field! Missionaries, sent, sent people. You, the body of Christ, are ministers doing the work of ministry. There are some churches who will say every member is a minister. It's absolutely true. Praise God for that. Okay? Leaders, the, the graced leaders of the bride of Christ, exist to empower you to go do the work of ministry. Let, do this. Tell people about Jesus. If you need resources, if you need help, if you have questions, Ryan sent a question over the weekend. I've still not responded. It's coming, I promise. I saw Andy responded. Okay? We exist to help you in any way that we can. And if we can't, we can just say, hey, you know what? I have no idea. Why don't we pray about that? We want to see you do the work of ministry. That's one of the reasons why in parenting we want to help you. Uh, and as I'm learning to be a parent, because, you know, 
I don't know all there is to know about being a parent, but I know what the scriptures say about parenting, and we're trying to give you resources uh, back there to help you with that. And we're trying, we're trying to do this together. You know, we're, we're trying to see, uh, we're trying to equip you that we live the Christian life of growing dependence upon Jesus and growing godliness. We want to see each other grow. And so leaders, the graced, gifted servant leaders of the bride of Christ, Jesus is given to help the body of Christ begin to do the work of ministry. So this isn't Sunday, Wednesday sort of thing. This is every day. They're living this stuff out. When you go to work, hey, that's your mission field. When you go to school, hey, that's your mission field. That's what we want to see. Ministry happening. Okay? Work in ministry and for the building up of the body of Christ. That's what we want to do. We want to build you up. We don't want to tear you down. And building you up doesn't mean you're awesome. It means building you up by way of telling you that Jesus is awesome. We want to build you up and we want to see you grow. We want you to know the Jesus of the Scriptures. We don't want you to stand and just convince yourself that you're awesome. We want you to be built up in Christ. So a part of building you up is helping you see with us that we're weak and needy. The pathway to strength is admitting you're weak, not convincing yourself you're strong. That's what strength looks like. I will boast all the more in my weaknesses. The pathway to sainthood is the humble Paul who ends up saying, I'm chief of all sinners. It's not convincing us. The saint is the one who knows deeply that they need Jesus and by the way that they have Him. This is, again, paradoxes within the Christian faith. So, gifted, graced leaders exist for this, to see unity and to build up the body of Christ, to see you do the work of ministry. Now, does this ever end? Verse 13, I love this, uh, because my job description and any gifted leader's job description with a local church, even those who have gifts within the Holy Spirit, uh, a gifts of the Holy Spirit, this job description is never going to change. That's why we're always going to be a broken record. And again, why, uh, you know, when I said two weeks ago, if you see 20, 30 years down the road, we're going to be doing the exact same things. We're not going to be doing anything innovative or anything other than just gathering around the Scriptures, praying, singing to Jesus, doing the same old thing. Like, Christians actually, in some ways, believe in the definition of, of insanity when it comes to what we do here on Sunday mornings. We keep doing the exact same things and expecting Jesus to do some incredible things. We're expecting unique results in seasons that come and go. The Word is in season and out. And that means that some seasons of ministry within the next however long God gives us here, there's going to be some seasons where we're just praying and it feels like nobody's meeting Jesus. It feels like nobody's growing. It feels like, man, attendance isn't growing. It feels like it's a crawl. You know what? That's okay. If we're being faithful to Jesus and we're, we're not just completely just like, ah, it don't matter, I'm not going to study, I'm not going to pray, I'm not going to disciple people, I'm not going to do this, it is okay. But you know what? There's going to be seasons when we're doing the exact same things that the Holy Spirit is going to come and... <sighs> Sorry if my breath stinks up here. <sighs> you know what's going to happen? Fire. God is going to move. And friends, by God's grace, and I want to pray, I want to see revival. I want to see people meet Jesus by the droves, by the thousands. And you know what it won't be a result of? Our innovation. It will be unexplainable. Other than, God just did it. 
We, got to, we just got to see God work. We're going to tell stories about seasons in which the Holy Spirit was working. And we're going to see, we're going to, we're going to be able to say, God just did it. He just did it. He just showed up. It wasn't about us. We don't have any, we can't tell you, here's five steps to get revival. Here's six ways to see people meet Jesus. We just, we just gathered, we did what the scriptures tell us to do, and, and feebly, in a broken way, in a non-perfect way, and God just did it. He just simply did it, and that's what we want. We want to just vulnerably say, God, this is, we just need you. We just desperately need you. It's not about anything that we do. We just need you, God. We want to see people's lives changed. And this says that the work of the gifted, graced, shepherd leaders of the local church, their work is going to continue until we attain the unity of faith, verse 13, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature or the fullness of Christ. Now let me tell you, will this ministry of the graced, gifted leaders and the Holy Spirit gifted body, will it ever end or change until Christ returns? Look at that. It says, until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Are we there? Are we right now completely unified in the knowledge of the Son of God, fully developed into mature manhood into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ? Are we fully there? Will we be in 30 years? What about 40 years? Maybe 50 years is the point we get there. No. So until... This happens, graced, gifted shepherd leaders equip, become equippers, and build up the body of Christ as shepherd leaders, gifted in unique ways, until Christ returns. It just doesn't change. We just keep doing it over and over and over and over again until Christ comes back, until unity and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. And this is a ministry that grace, gifted leaders, as I state again, it never changes until Christ returns. Now, <clears throat> Look at verse 14. This is the ministry of those grace-gifted leaders of the bride of building up and, and wanting to see unified the knowledge of the Son of God. That's why we're gospel-centered. We're going to see that here in a little bit more. That's why we just want you to be, uh, this is the second time I think I've quoted it now as a church, we just want you to be, as Keith Green said, bananas about Jesus. We just want you to be just head over heels in love with Him. The Jesus of the Scriptures, what God has said about the Son of God. We want to see the God of the Scriptures loved here. Jesus loved here. And so here it says um, that if we don't, as we, uh, excuse me, as we are functioning as the way the body is supposed to function, we won't be tossed to and fro anymore and carried about by every wind of doctrine and human cunning by craftiness and deceitful seams. There are some believers who just constantly feel tossed to and fro. It's a History Channel episode about what really happened. Uh, the resurrection didn't. And oh yeah, here's Jesus' grave, probably. Or that's, maybe it's over here. But we're just waiting to discover his bones. And a History Channel, it just throws you for a loop. And oh my goodness. And then over here, tossed to and fro. No, that's not, that's, that's not true. I heard a sermon from somebody else. And somebody said this. And, and now I'm confused. And, I, and always just feeling tossed to and fro. Maybe you just feel like this in life. Well, there is stability in the body of Christ as we pursue together mature manhood in Christ Jesus. That's where stability comes from. As we walk with each other, as we gather and say, hey, hey, let's all follow Jesus together. Let's grow up into Christ. Let's love Him together. Let's walk obediently to Him. Let's walk away from our sin and into Christ 
together, and then we won't be tossed to and fro anymore. You know why we're tossed to and fro all the time? Because we're hyper-focused with other things besides Jesus. And when your center isn't the gospel of Jesus, the person of Jesus, His work, which is the Holy Spirit, makes us be centered around, then we're tossed to and fro. We're just always into something else. And then always over here, there's no balance in our life. And here, the way to avoid just being a life full of toss to and fro, just over here and over here, always in a hurry, never accomplishing anything, is being focused on and growing in Christ into up into the person of Christ, the fullness of the body of Christ. That's what we want. It says this, restates it here, when it tells us in verse 15, the path forward, we don't want to be tossed to and fro. Here's the path forward then into greater Christian unity and not being tossed to and fro and being unified, the path forward to being unified into mature manhood to the measure of stature, the fullness of Christ. The path is this. Look at verse 15. Here's the path. This is for us here this morning. Rather... This is for leaders, the graced, gifted shepherd leaders of the church, and for all of us, rather speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up into every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, that it builds itself up in love. Okay. To grow as a Christian family, the path forward is speaking the truth in love to each other. So truth and love so that the whole body will grow up into Christ, into the head, the lead pastor of the church. Truth, love, so that we'll focus together on Christ. And as we do that, the head, Christ Jesus, makes everything else healthy. See that? Truth and love, so we'll grow up into Christ, the head pastor of the church, and as we grow up into the head pastor of the church together, as we join hands, speaking the truth and love to each other, walking to Christ together, setting our face feebly like flint to Christ the Holy Spirit's pointing our hearts and our minds to Christ. We're walking away from sin and ungodliness because we're speaking the truth in love. This is going to kill you. This has got to stop. And saying it in love, so screaming, this is going to kill you and this has got to stop. Most of the time it's not in love. Sometimes hard-headed people like me need to hear it that way. As we speak the truth in love to each other, we're growing, we're looking to Jesus. My youth pastor, when I went away to college, he gave me a little coin that said, Thank you for being a pointer to Jesus. And at that time, I had no idea even how to point people to Jesus, really. But it was a coin, and it just said, continue to point to Jesus or something like that. I don't know. This is what we're doing. This is simple Christian unity. We're grabbing hands with each other, putting our arm around each other, getting in Christian community, speaking the truth and love to each other, and just through the Scriptures, communing with Christ together. We're living life. We're wanting each other to know Jesus more. And as we know Jesus, the head pastor of the church, this is where health begins to come down. The joint and the marrow, the, the, the lubricant of the body begins to work. It just begins to work. We begin to be healthy when we're gathered around our lead pastor, Jesus. Disunity happens when Christ is not the center of the church. Because everybody else is vying for a center. What's going to be the center? 
Well, my mission is the center. No, my mission is the center. No, my ideas are the center. No, my ideas are the center. No, my gift of the Spirit is the center. No, my gift of the Spirit is the center. No, my plan. On and on and on it goes. Nope. Here, by God's grace, and as feebly as we may, we want Jesus to be the center. We want to gather each other and just walk toward Him and trust that the Holy Spirit is going to transform us into His image. Sounds simple, doesn't it? It's just, let's, let's pursue and love Jesus together. Okay? How's it sound? We up for that? Okay? If, if you need help with that, you know what? There's leaders within this church. We want to serve you and help in any way we can. In any way we can. We want to serve and help you grow in godliness. We want to see you flourish. We want to see you be what the Scriptures are calling you to be. If you need help in an area of life, just ask. You know what? If I'm ever at a point, where, which I am regularly, I'm being already shepherd by, shepherded by Andy and Russ. Again, it's not this thing where I, you know, I don't get shepherded as well. I get shepherded and those guys get shepherded by me and, as well. So we're walking to Jesus together. Let me see if I have anything else up here. And then if not, we're just going to pray and worship. Um, okay. I got my notes almost verbatim. Health happens when we walk when we all walk together, walk to Christ together. When we do that, we work properly and the body grows so that it builds itself up in love. So I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit will connect those dots for you. And we're going to worship. Andy, go ahead and come, up, come forward. And we're going to sing a song. Uh, and then we're going to receive communion here. And we actually have a communion table in the back now over there by that uh, lamp in the back right and a communion table up here. Uh, so just be as orderly as you can after this first song, and then I'll come back up and say something. But uh, if you want to, pr- if you just want to pray, uh, or you know, if there's been any disunity or in your heart or any like other things that aren't the center of the church besides Jesus, just confess that to God, and uh, He's faithful to forgive us, to remind us what He did for us on the cross, and then for each other. If if there's anybody struggling in their Christian walk and that you know that you know of, uh, put your arm around them, pray for them, pray with them. Uh, we want to see each other unified around Jesus. That's what we're going to do. We're going to sing these songs with one voice as each individual sings from their mind and their heart about how great Jesus is. The work of of God the Father sending His Son, Jesus coming and living a perfect life, dying a sacrificial substitutionary death, raising from the grave, and then the Father, Son, sending the Holy Spirit to come and apply everything that was accomplished, and then giving us extra measures of gifts, even on top of salvation, as we individually stand up to sing from our mind and heart with one voice together, we're running to Jesus. And we're trusting that God is bringing health. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would do this, that you would just uh, unify us, Thank you that there's different churches represented here today, but ultimately we know there's one church. And so, Jesus, do your work amongst your people. Continue to gift your people for the health of this body. Holy Spirit, I ask for individuals in this room that may not know you. And when they hear the word gospel or Jesus or the cross, it's some vague kind of idea of maybe Jesus died for my sins, but what does that really mean? And God, I pray that you would just help them know that that means that on the cross they see that they're a sinner. That they sinned against God and they deserve nothing from Him at all. And yet, I pray that they would see that that's a, such a great salvation that Jesus came anyways and He loved them, died for them, rose from the grave. And I pray that their 
awesomeness that they think is in themselves who get washed away because they can't get over how valuable, worthy, lovely, and beautiful this work of Jesus in His life, death, and resurrection is. Help them see what Christ did for them. And that they would repent by saying, I'm sorry, I confess my sins, and Jesus, they would cry out and say, Jesus, I trust in you and you alone. I, I just, as, as much as I know how, Jesus, I just believe in you and I trust you. Forgive me of my sins and come and just be Lord of my life. And I pray that that would happen. And I ask that they would follow that up in baptism. That they would show the world that Jesus loves and saved me and I'm united to him. And then for anybody here who is a follower of you, as a Christian already, been converted, Holy Spirit, just tie the, just put these dots together. You know what? I need to get out of the way here. Holy Spirit, just work in there. You know what to do in their heart. And I just pray that confession, repentance, whatever, unity would happen as we sing to you. So in your name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. To the cross I look. And to the cross I cling. 